Ghostbusters. I'm Spencer. He's Tracy. I'm Kong. We're Ghostbusters. We're clever, courageous, and strong. Your sleep has been haunted with whispers and ramblings. Your blood has been curdled. We know what to do. Your skin has the creepies. I wonder what's happening. You're safe in our hands. We will take care of you. We're the Ghostbusters. Spirits and demons, beware. The Ghostbusters, wherever you're hiding out there. We know what you're up to. We're ready for anything. We're bold and we're fearless and never afraid. We're always prepared. We're right there with everything. With us on the job, trouble soon fade. The Ghostbusters do it again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I am your host, Scott White, and I am joined once again by my good friend, Mr. Will Fordyce. Hello, hello. I want to thank Will for, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to thank Will for helping me out. He stepped in at the last moment. I had another guest lined up, but uh, as the time, as we're recording this, I don't know when it's going to be released, but as we're recording this, it's right between uh, Christmas and New Year's Eve, so... Uh, she was traveling, as you know, the air travel is all screwed up right now, and she got caught somewhere, couldn't catch a flight. So Will is stepping in, uh, helping me out, and once again, Will, I really, really appreciate you doing this for me. Yeah, and then hopefully um, they'll be able to get connected to you. Were y'all going to do uh, this project or a different one? We were going to do this episode, but since you've stepped in, I'll we're going to have to do something else. I've got something in mind that is also very, very close to this episode, don't want to give too much away right now, because um, it's going to be even a surprise to her when I bring it up. Uh, but no, we're going to have to use a uh, different project. This project, which we're doing, it's we're really, really stretching the Dan Aykroyd. There's still connective tissue, but we're really stretching the Dan Aykroyd podcast with this episode. Can so, I coin the thing that I say? If, if you don't yeah. mind, the six degrees to Dan Aykroyd? I like that. And the so the stretch podcast, because you do the... So th this is like a stretch because we're... Okay, so this is a stretching the Dan Aykroyd podcast. We're doing an episode of the 1975 television show Ghostbusters. And the reason we're doing this episode is when Dan Aykroyd wrote and Harold Ramis wrote this film Ghostbusters, they didn't have the name Ghostbusters. It belonged to Filmora for this television show right here. Columbia, who produced Ghostbusters the movie, had to jump through major, major hoops to get the name Ghostbusters. What happened was they filmed the movie using the term Ghostbusters, and it just came right down to the end. It was like, I don't know what they were going to do. They, they, they didn't have the name. They filmed the movie. Uh, finally, at the end, uh, Columbia paid Filmora like 600 a little over $600,000 to use the name Ghostbusters and they gave him 1% of the movie's profits to use the name Ghostbusters which was a big coup for them because Ghostbusters was such a monstrous hit. Oh my goodness, good on them, man. That was uh that that backstory, good good success for them. That's awesome. Yeah, so this little kid show from the 1970s held a major production and a major motion picture company by the balls until the very very last minute 
And I have a list here. If they couldn't get the name Ghostbusters, they'd have to go back and they'd have to refilm. And here's the names that they were going to use. They were either going to use Ghost Stoppers, Ghost Blasters, Ghost Breakers, or Ghost Smashers. And none of those really roll off the tongue like Ghostbusters. I can see why they fought for that name, because Ghostbusters is the per- None of these work. Ghostbusters had to be the name. It, it, I, yeah, it's the perfect name. So it's, you know, it just it makes sense that they were like, okay, hey, that's what's up. And it also probably saved them, like, getting everybody back on set and, like, reshooting those little segments and... Yeah, there was a scene in a movie, <coughs> excuse me, man, I don't know why, my, there was a scene in the movie where they're they're chanting, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. They would have to gone back and either refilm that or overdubbed it. Uh, what I thought, and I believe, and this is, I think this too, is I believe Ray Parker Jr. had already recorded the song Ghostbusters as well. So they had all this material in the can using the term Ghostbusters. And what I think they might have done is... If they couldn't get the name, they might have just released it as Ghostbusters and took their chances in court. But they got everything worked out legally before the movie came out. So every you know they got the name, they acquired the name, so they didn't have to go back and they didn't have to reshoot anything and they didn't have to redo anything. The, I mean, so what... Was there, so this was 75, and and you said that, I guess they didn't have any knowledge of it to where they could, like, do you think they just saw the name and they're like, perfect, let's just do that, and... I don't think Dan Aykroyd knew about the TV show. I think he sat down, him and Harold Ramis sat down, wrote the script, called it Ghostbusters, because that's what they wanted to call it. Now, another really, excuse me, another really cool connection is that Ghostbusters came out in 1975, which was the first year that Saturday Night Live came out with Dan Aykroyd, and then eventually Bill Murray entered that show. So now we have sort of a cool, another cool, even tenuous, but a still cool connection between uh, this TV show Ghostbusters and Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. Very cool. Like everything seems to like line up. We are talking about the 1975 television show Ghostbusters, starring Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch. And before we go any farther, have you ever? Do you know, or have you ever heard of the TV show F Troop? Uh, I have heard the name, but have not witnessed it. Okay, F Troop was a sitcom that ran from 1965 to 1967. It was a sitcom about the Civil War, and it starred Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch. And they were a great comedy team in that they had they had great chemistry in that show. So I believe that's why they brought these two onto this show because they just they just work together so well. They just have great chemistry. Yeah, so, they had good rapport in the, this episode. Yeah, they had good rapport together from that television show from F Troops. They, so they brought them here to perform on this kid's show, this Ghostbusters show, and the chemistry is still there. Also in this show, there is a lot of an adult references that the kids are not going to get, and we'll touch on those as we get to the review of the episode. But there's also a lot, yeah, a lot of adult references and slapsticky, so it's a nice combination of young and adult. And just to let you know that all 13 episodes of Ghostbusters are on YouTube. So if you check out this podcast and you check out the first episode, you can check out all all the episodes on uh, on YouTube. We'll we'll go over our reviews at the end, but um, uh, yeah, we'll 
yeah, I'm excited about this one. This one is, uh, this one, it, it worked. I, I liked it. I like this too. Yeah, I remember watching this as a kid in, um, in reruns. I was a little too young when it first came out, but I remember watching this in, uh, in reruns and really, really enjoying it. Phil Moore was making a lot of Saturday morning content at this time. They made a lot of live action shows at this time. They made Ghostbusters. They made Shazam. They made ISIS. There, there are just all a bunch. This was the heyday of Saturday morning entertainment for kids. This is when you would get up, you'd get your bowl of cereal, you'd start watching cartoons at like eight in the morning, and you would go all the way to noon. It would be like four, four maybe five hours of cartoons. You would just sit there in front of the television watching your cartoons. And Filmora was right in the middle of the heyday of all these cartoons. You know, all this children's entertainment. Saturday was that day to go and watch cartoons. And then everywhere else, you know, you had your Sesame Streets and you had your stuff. Um, but it, it was mainly focused on the Saturday wake up. That's the kid television time. Yes, yeah, Sesame Street, The Electric Company, Mr. Rogers. These were all had cartoon aspects to them, but they were more educational for educational purposes. These were more, these are like adventure ghost stories. Some of them had messages at the end of them or messages during them. But for the most part, they were more for entertainment than they were for educational purposes. And then we have this show, the Ghostbusters, where we have uh, three characters, uh, we have Spencer, we have Tracy, and we have Kong. And Tracy is a gorilla. Or I should say, Tracy Tracy is a man in a gorilla suit. Yeah, I, okay, yep. And it's not like he's a gorilla. It's like he's part of the team. He 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 talked to him like a, like a person. He responds like a gorilla, but they understand him, which can happen. That's the reality. In their reality, they have a gorilla working for them in their office to help them bust ghosts. He's not their pet. He's their partner. He's their equal partner. He does, you know, he drives the car. He does filing. He's just one of the gang. And later at the, uh, you know, he's also part of the press and part of the, you know, he's he's the team. But I, I the suspension of disbelief, it was like, you know, the intro song. It's like, these are the people on the Ghostbusters team. And it's like, all right, let's go. So we have a gorilla, and then we have Larry Storch, who's dressed in a 1920s zoot suit for some reason. And then Forrest Tucker's like in this basketball jersey with a vest on and a pork pie hat. And then Tracy the gorilla, he wears a beanie, one of those propeller beanies. So there's really no... It's just a very eclectic group. There's no... And it's never explained... Why they dress like this? There's just no rhyme or reason. It's just these three different individuals dressed odd for 1975 in this in this business busting ghosts. To your point, you're saying that I agree with you 100. percent Like it was, it was fun. The set design, the costumes. It it's a fun show. Yeah, this show is corny and over the top, and that's just what I liked about it. I like corny and over the top. And the business, it's like a secret. It's its like they're spies, too, because at the beginning of every show, they get a mission on where to go and where to find these ghosts. It's its a its a takeoff of Mission Impossible. 
where at every beginning of the show of Mission Impossible, at the beginning of every show, they would get a tape and it would tell another mission and then the, the tape would self-destruct. Uh, here, the variation of it is that they have to drive to a fish store and get a talking fish. So this, so they get this talking fish in the car and then the talking fish tells them of the ghost that they need to bust that week. Or was it a device or a recording or was it just, it was a fish? Yeah, yeah, because they... Yeah, it was a real fish because, like I said, at the beginning of every Mission Impossible episode, the tape would explode or the tape would evaporate or whatever. So what happens with that fish is it's in the gorilla's hand, it's in Tracy's hand, and it, you know, and this fish will destruct in three seconds. It destructs and he's, and he's just holding fish bones in his hand. So it was actually a real fish that exploded after telling them who they needed to bust. And just to go back a little, this episode is called The Maltese Monkey, which is, of course, a takeoff on the Maltese Falcon. So we have, like, all these adult references. So far, we have the Maltese Falcon, we have Mission Impossible. These are things that kids are probably not going to get watching this on the surface level. They're just here, the, the wacky dinosaur and the jokes and the, and the scary ghost. That's why they're watching it. So this kids show there's many different levels there's something for the kids and there's also something for the adults in this sitcom because the two villains i believe oh man um Ra oh, rabbit they're yeah, they're called rabbit and mr big mr big or mr fat i'm not sure but one of the two and they are of course they're uh copying sydney greenstreet and peter Lorre from the maltese falcon and the guy who does uh, the Sydney Greenstreet role, he happens to be a black actor. And that was like for 1975 to give a black actor a role that was originated by a white actor. Just to diversify the cast, it was great. It was wonderful to see. And he nails it. He nails the Sydney Greenstreet impression. He does it to a T. Yeah, and it was a lot of, I mean, watching those two work off uh, each other, Rabbit and Fat Man, it was, it was really fun. Like, the, I think overall my theme for this is like, it was just a fun, fun show. And Rabbit is played by Billy Barteen, who is one of the most famous little people in Hollywood history. Ah, okay, I know him from uh, Weird Al's UHF. So we have a black actor and a little person, so you're not going to get much more diverse than that, and... <clears throat> The best thing about this is Billy Barty plays Rabbit. He's a little person, but there, there's like there's one little person joke and he makes it. But they're not concentrating on on doing little people jokes at his expense. The scenes where those two are together, it's just two actors acting together. Just two actors acting together. So they're not relying on cheap jokes. They're relying on the characters and they're relying on their acting skills to, you know, to bring a little gravitas to this kid's show. And I just thought to myself, like, here's five grown men. And I wonder if they ever thought it was too silly. But then I thought, okay, you know what? All right. We took the gig. It's a kid's show. So they obviously knew what they were getting into. And none of them are phoning it in. They're all professional actors, they're all doing a great job, and they're all bringing what needs to be brought to this kid's show. 
A lot of people think you can just slap a kid show together. It's for kids. It's stupid. They don't do they. All the actors are treating this seriously, which is what you need to do when you're dealing with something silly. If you're dealing with something silly and you treat it seriously, it's going to come across on the screen. Screen, and that's what's happening here. So we have we have uh, the fat man and we have rabbit, and they want to bring back the spirit of Mr. Big, and they have this crystal ball that looks exactly like a bowling ball. Now, at this point, they want to steal the Maltese monkey. But at this point, we don't know that because they just think, we're going to hire Mr. Big. We want to conjure Mr. Big and we want to steal the thing. And every time they say the thing, they both laugh maniacally. <laughs> the thing. So they go. So, yeah, Rabbit and Fat Man, they set up that they're going to run and go get the the darkness uh, that conjure this boss. Um, they get their mission. We, we talked about that where they, um, so, so they get their, yeah, they, they're in the office. They tell them, go get the mission. They pick up the fish. Um, I did like the sight gag where they're driving up to the, where they're picking the mission up and they threw the, they threw the anchor out of the car to stop it. And the little quip of like, oh, we'll get the brakes fixed later. That was fun. So they get the file on Fat Man and Rabbit and they realize, oh, they're going to hang out in a, uh, in a cemetery. Oh Yeah. And name uh, Spencer doesn't, you know, he he kind of winces and goes, Ugh, graveyard. Yes. So just to tell you right now, the characters that Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch are playing in this in Ghostbusters, it's basically the same characters they were playing in F Troop. Uh, Forrest Tucker is the big, strong leader, not afraid of anything. Larry Storch was the comic relief who was sort of a sniveling coward, afraid of everything. Um, Forrest Tucker was, um, uh, 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 Sergeant O'Rourke and, uh, Larry Storch was Corporal Agarn. And basically you could just flip the characters in here. You could put an F troop, the characters in F troop you could put in here. They're basically the same character. And, uh, there was, there was a couple of moments when it gets a little slapsticky where it was like stooges, stooge-ish. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I got a lot of Stooge vibes. Well, there's three of them, three Stooges. Yeah, a lot of Stooge vibes in this episode, and I'm probably assuming through the rest of the series. I guess they get the mission, um, then they get the they go back to the office, and then they find out that they're in the graveyard. We cut to the graveyard where Fat Man and Rabbit are using the crystal ball to summon the ghost of the big bad boss. And when they summon the big bad boss or the great big bad boss, he looks exactly like Spencer. He's even dressed the same in the same zoot suit. That great, uh, like, I guess, saving of expenditures. It's just like, nope, they're exactly the same. Now, this is all going to come into play later, him coming back looking exactly the same. But to go back to F Troop, uh, Larry Storch was an excellent impressionist. He was also a stand-up comedian. And when, on like... In several episodes of F Troop, he would play multiple characters in the episode. So this is something that is not new to him. He has done this many, many times before. And once again, I just said he's a great impressionist. When he comes back as the big boss man or the big boss guy, he's doing Marlon Brando from The Godfather. And once again, another adult movie that kids are not going to get so that was definitely placed in there for the adults watching the kids watching the show with the kids and it, it it was a good impression it was again fun yeah larry storch was just a fantastic impressionist well he was yeah he was because he just died last year he died at 99 he almost made it to 100 he was like 
six months away to making it to his 100th birthday, which was kind of sad. But then, so now we go back to the castle. They're inside the castle, uh, the uh, fat man, rabbit, and the big boss guy. And they're plotting to steal the, they're plotting to steal the Maltese monkey. What's the thing we need? The Maltese the monkey. The thing we need. <laughs> and we, yeah, we finally hear at this point it's the Maltese monkey that they're going to steal. And then the big boss, and then the big boss guy goes, well, I need my two gorillas to help me with this heist. So he goes out to find the, the crystal ball that looks like a bowling ball to summon his, quote-unquote, two gorillas. And that phrasing is going to come into play later. And this is the first time we walk out into the hallway, and it's that hallway that has multiple doors on each side of the hallway, which is very, very Scooby-Doo-ish. Yeah, I was like, oh, I know, okay. <clears throat> yeah, the minute I saw that, I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's going to be very Scooby-Doo running from, you know, across the hall from, through one door and the other. And the Ghostbusters just happened to have a bowling ball with them because they went bowling the night before. The Tracy the gorilla is uh, she bowled a 300 in one one go. So Kong, Forrest Tucker, the leader, says to Spencer, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go in, you'll impersonate the big boss guy, they'll tell us where the Maltese monkey is, and then we can return it. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, I forgot. We forgot the break-in scene where they actually... <clears throat> excuse me, where they actually break into the castle before they can start their plan. What is it? Uh, the <coughs> Kong was like, give me a pick. And he gives them a pickaxe and he's, no, a lock pick because they're at the castle doors. Um, and then, you know, the uh, Spencer pulls out like this giant bomb. Yeah, not huge, but like, you know, a good size bomb. And he Yeah, the cartoon bomb where it's three sticks of dynamite with a clock wrapped around it. So, and they're like, let me try. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then the gorilla... The, uh, yeah, I just love this part where he's like, they go to the door, and he's like, okay, let me try. The gorilla motions to itself, goes to the door, inspects it, goes back, finds a stethoscope, um, listens for it, goes back, polishes his nails, and then just rips the door off. Find a way to get in here. We gotta get that Maltese monkey. Maybe we ought to go to the zoo and look for it. We've got a job to do, remember? What are you, mice or men? Cut that out. Give me a pick. Give him a pick? A lockpick, you clown! A lockpick, you clown! Thank you. sounded like if he hadn't sanded his fingers and it's like 
after you. <laughs> it was a good buildup. Yeah. It was a good buildup because he treated the door like a safe. You know, he sandpapered his hands. He stethoscoped to the door. And then all the end, he just rips the door off his hinges and they walk in. And then they get in, and now they're going to put their plan into effect. It's like, okay, Spencer, you're going to replace the big boss guy. You'll go, you'll ask them where the Maltese monkey is. We can get the Maltese monkey, and then we can return it to its rightful owners. Mm -hmm. The right thing. Good job, Ghostbusters. So Larry Storch goes in, imitating the big guy, the big man, and now he's doing a James Cagney impression. Okay. And what was that a reference to, James James Cagney was just a you know a, the the classic gangster from the the thirties forties and fifties. But again, like uh, to your point previous, is like he was jumping around <coughs> in characters and doing you know it was, you know I I hope the rest of the episodes are as fun as this one. So Larry Storch, as the big guy, takes the bowling ball that they have, and he quote summons his gorillas. And then just force Tucker and and uh, and Tracy just step out from behind the curtain. And I like their character actions as they're coming out. They're like warming up and stuff. It was good. And the rabbit and um, rabbit runs over and looks at Tracy the gorilla and goes, "Oh, boss, I didn't know that. You know, when you said gorillas, I didn't know you meant literally." And then kind of gives a double take, and you know, then he goes back to Fat Man, and um, but that was a fun little like you know poke. <clears throat> so here's what happens. The three Ghostbusters find out where the Maltese monkey is, and they're going to go get it to return it to its rightful owner. But while this is happening, Larry Storch, as the big guy, had the real crystal ball that looks like a bowling ball, and he was looking in the bowling ball, and he saw what happened in the room. So now he knows the Ghostbusters' plan to get the Maltese monkey and return it to its rightful owner. However, it was shot and edited so poorly. If you're not paying attention, you're, you, you, you'll you totally miss that. But it was the same was, footage, and it was like just they put the little white halo around it, and then the boss man looks up from the ball, and he's like, ah, now i got to take these two gorillas and get them to do my job. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they lost some footage or... Something happened in editing, but it's not set up that the big boss man is looking into the crystal ball. So when you see all this stuff happening, when you see the quick shots and the poor editing, it's a bit jarring. You don't really know what's going on. It takes you a moment to figure out, oh, okay, now now the big boss man knows the Ghostbusters plan, and now the big boss man has to sub his plan uh, in lieu of the Ghostbusters plan to get the Maltese monkey for himself. And then also in this scene, as he's acting as the boss, um, he <coughs> asked Rabbit and Fat Man, he's like, now that I got my gorillas, uh, tell me where the Maltese monkey is. And and they were like, well, boss, we already told you that. And then they just looked at, you know, then they were like, okay, well, let's think of something else now and exited the room. So that was kind of a, you know, very kid show-ish. Yeah, it's like kids getting their hand caught in the cookie jar. It's just like, oh, well, we got caught. We're just going to leave now. So they go out in the hallway, and while they're creeping around in the hallway, the big boss guy kidnaps Spencer and then replaces him as one of the Ghostbusters. So now Tracy and Kong thinks the big boss guy is Spencer. And all of a sudden, Spencer knows where the Maltese monkey is. And Kong, he thinks about it. He doesn't question. It's like, well, you didn't know a second ago. How do you know now? And Spencer 
this comes up with some excuse. And then while he's talking, he's doing this as James Cagney. And this line made me laugh. I don't know why it made me laugh, but it did. But Kong goes to Spencer. He's like, do you have a sore throat? And he's like, no, I've just been drinking from a wet glass. And I'm like, what does that mean? It made me laugh, but I'm like, what? What does that mean? I was drinking from a wet glass. <laughs> I wonder if it was like a, maybe a reference that like, you know, it was so beyond before, you know, it was, uh, what is it? Yeah, it might have been an old phrase from, I don't know, way back when, but I never heard it from before, and it just made me laugh. Yeah, but it was a fun, like, you know, justification, and he pats him on the face, and then they're like, okay, let's go get the monkey, or the Maltese monkey. So it's in this museum, I guess? Yeah, why? and they're returning it. So the, the good guy's plans are to return it to the rightful owners, and the bad guy's plans are to take it, but it's at a museum. It's at a museum, yeah, and the bad guys want to steal it from the museum and keep it for themselves, and the Ghostbusters want to steal it from the museum to give it back to its rightful owners. So if you think about it, this is sort of the opposite of Indiana Jones, where it belongs in a museum. The Ghostbusters are breaking into museum. It's like, it belongs with the rightful owner. Maybe that's a, like, stretch nod. So the Ghostbusters, they show up at the museum, and Larry Storch has the big guy... Big boss guy tells Forrest Tucker, Kong, just to stay out here and I'm going to take the gorilla. And they go in and I thought this was a clever scene is you just, you don't see what's happening, but you hear clang, 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 and Forrest Tucker is just reacting to the sound and he just, and Larry Storch walks back out with the Maltese monkey and Forrest Tucker's like, I told you, I told you not to steal it. And he's like, I, I didn't steal it. I I, 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 no, Forrest Tucker says, I told you not to break in. And he goes, I didn't break in. I just walked through the door. And now that I'm thinking about it, I've just realized that Forrest Tucker's name is Kong, but the gorilla's, game, the gorilla's name is not Kong. The gorilla's name is Tracy. So that's actually kind of brilliant, the fact that somebody is named Kong and it's not the gorilla. Okay, I, yeah, that just realized, I just thought of that. So, uh, but then, yeah, Larry Storch as the big boss man is like, yeah, I just walked through the wall and got it. So long, suckers. And then Forrest Tucker looks at Tracy and they gave each other a double take and goes, why, he must have been the ghost. He mu- he's not Spencer. He's, he's the big boss man. Now we got to go steal the Maltese monkey back from him. So the boss comes back in with the monkey, hands it to Rabbit. No, what happens is the big boss man comes back in with the Maltese monkey and then Larry Storch as Spencer tackles him, and now they're wrestling around, and you don't know who's who, the big boss man and Spencer. They all look the same, and they they dress the same. And they're wrestling around, and while all this is happening, uh, the fat guy and Rabbit, they're in the other room pacing around, and they don't know what this is going on, and all of a sudden Rabbit, I believe Rabbit goes, I wish I had the Maltese monkey right in my hand. And at the exact same moment during the fight scene, the Maltese monkey goes flying out of his hand and lands in Rabbit's hand. And I, I think the fat guy says, well, I call that service. And it's just the standard, we talk about a lot of the stuff being adult, but that's just a standard kid's sitcom joke right there and i think it works in this situation it's very very silly and it's very very funny and now we get the scene where it every scene where there's one actor playing two people 
so uh, Kong and Tracy, they've come back to the castle. So now we have everybody in the room. We have Kong and Tracy in the room. We have the fat man and rabbit in the room. And then we have Spencer and the big boss man. So all of these people are in the room at the same time. And they can't tell which Spencer is Spencer and which big boss man is big boss man. It's like, oh, I'm Spencer. He's like, no, 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 I'm Spencer. So they do the thing where they ask a person a question and and Kong says, okay, who's buried in Grant's tomb? And the big boss guy goes, uh, you know, General Ulysses S. Grant. And Spencer goes, oh, I didn't even know he was sick. And then it's like, ah, that's our man. Smell miracle? I iced it. No, he didn't. I did. Very interesting for our two big gals. <laughs> the monkey took the monkey. Pass it to me. Toss it to me. I'm Spencer. No, he isn't. I am. Toss it to me. <laughs> Who's buried in Grant's tomb? That's easy. President Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, I didn't even know he was sick. <laughs> That's Spencer. Come on, let's get out of here. Yeah, he points to him. He doesn't throw <coughs> it to him, but he's like, okay, let's go. And they, I guess they run. And then the bad guys just stay there? No, the bad guys run after them. And then we get the Scooby-Doo hallway, indoor, outdoor, indoor, indoor, outdoor, door, 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 door. Which was, I, I appreciated the editing because they were jump cutting and they did they did it. Yeah, it was a fun scene, but this was the 70s. You could definitely see the jump cuts from one scene to the next. So after a series of like, I think they do it like five or six times. They the they finally like bump into the boss, the the bad mob boss, and they pull out I guess the ghost busting device, the ghost busting machine, and they turn it on, and it's just like the proton pack from Ghostbusters. Now Dan Aykroyd claims he's never he never saw this this I was gonna say cartoon never saw this TV show. Yeah, all right, but. The device they have, it's actually a combination of the proton pack and and then the ghost trap that actually captures the ghost. The thing that Kong Force Tucker pulls out, it's actually a combination of the two. I appreciate so much that you know that, sir. So Force Tucker, Kong, turns on this machine, and this machine sucks the... Larry Storch, as the big boss man, sucks the ghost into the machine. And this is essentially Ghostbusters. Yeah, this happened in 1975, which was nine years before the Ghostbusters caught Slimer in the ballroom of the hotel. The the only defense devil's advocate thing I'll say is, like, I've thought of some stuff before, and, you know, the collective consciousness of all uh, kind of thing is, like, uh, you know, I've had other people, like... Well, you look at the, those, old, those old cartoons where somebody will suck a ghost up in a vacuum... Like, you've seen that on Casper or, like, Hanna-Barbera, where a ghost is bothering them and they just take a vacuum and suck up the... Yeah, so I guess I can see a little bit of... But this is just... This is just so, so close to the movie. This little morning kid show that lasted... 50, it's just so close to what came out in 1984. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a collective thought. Maybe it isn't. But because, well, and I will say this, once this was out, once it was over, this was pretty much forgotten. It actually did quite well in the ratings. In fact, it did so well, they were actually going to move it to primetime 
but they decided not to. They decided to move a different show into primetime instead of the Ghostbusters. Okay. What did do you know what they went with instead? Uh, they went with ISIS. Remember when I was talking earlier about Filmora? They had a live-action TV show of Captain Marvel called Shazam, and they teamed him up with this female superhero called ISIS. She got her her power from an uh, 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 Egyptian necklace that she had around her neck. And they decided to go with Isis instead of the Ghostbusters, so they went with Isis, and it didn't work, and then by the time it didn't work, they had moved on, and and I felt the Ghostbusters would have been a better choice to go into prime time because I feel that Ghostbusters would fall along the lines of maybe, like, The Monkees, which was a show that was both for kids and adults, or... Or like the Flintstones and the Jetsons, they were originally, and Top Cat, these were originally cartoons that were set in prime time that worked for the kids and worked for the adults. I really think they missed the boat when they went with ISIS instead of the Ghostbusters. I think this would have had a life in prime time. But we'll never know. I I agree, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I, um... When we watched, oh, what was it? Uh, Soul Man. I was like, I don't really want to watch more episodes. But with this, I was like, okay, I could, you know, on the on the right yeah. day, I could watch this. Yeah, on the right day, I could watch two or three, two or three of these in a row right off of YouTube. Well, now they've captured Mr. Big. He's in the Ghostbuster containment, whatever. And then uh, the Fat Man and Rabbit try to run away. And then, but so Tracy has their bowling ball, and as they're running away, he it's like a bowling lane, so he bowls them down. They set that up at the beginning yes. when he was like, you know, the Kong was not. He was like, no, monkeys can't, you know, gorillas can't bowl. And he's like, yeah, he can. And then this is the payoff at the end where he's like, I told you he could. And then we cut back to the office, and Tracy the gorilla has one of those old press hats on, you know, a hat that has press on it. And he's typing, and Forrest Tucker is dictating to him. It's like, and uh, we return the Maltese monkey to its rightful owner, and Fat Man and Rabbit are now in jail. And then, um, oh, what is it? Then they're like, and we'll take the, Kong looks down, and we'll take the crystal ball to the, oh, it has holes in it. And wait a minute, this isn't the crystal ball. This is a bowling ball. And then Spencer goes, no wonder our ball shattered last night when we went bowling. And the monkey or the gorilla shrugs and goes, well, it's a living. And then that's the end of the episode and we go right into the end credits. And that was the Ghostbusters, the premiere episode of the show from 1975, The Maltese Monkey, starring Forrest Tucker, Larry Storch, and oh, God, I can't remember the guy and the guy in the ape suit. And I can't remember his name. uh, My bad. But. From what I read, uh, playing an ape, that was his forte. He did it so well that yeah, he was he did it in TV shows and movies all the time, uh, being in an ape costume. Uh, specifically gorilla? But in the, or just like any animal? Specifically okay. gorilla, or a, I guess any ape. But, well, but in the credits, it re, John Burns, okay. I believe it's John Burns. I might be wrong, but I, we're just going to go with John Burns. And the credits are like Forrest Tucker as Kong. Larry Storch as Spencer, and then it's uh, Tracy the Gorilla trained <laughs> by John Burns. Awesome. Which and John Burns is the guy in the costume. Very cool. So, even in the credits, they're making it sound like this is a real that's gorilla. Awesome. They're, they're, they're treating it fun in the credits. Awesome. That I mean, that's a sign of a good. You know, 
a good crew and a good, you know, actors that they can, you know, I don't need top billing or credit, you know. Yeah, just train yeah. by. That's it keeps the illusion that much better for the kids that are it reading does. the credits. The kids that can yeah. read. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The kids who can read is just like, oh, that's a real gorilla. It was trained by John Burns or whatever whoever I mean. I, I, I just looked it name. up. It's Bob Burns. Bob Burns. So, okay. Um but I I mean uh, what, what, I mean, what, what's your takeaway on all this? And was this your, you said you watched it growing up or you watched it in syndication? I watched it in syndicate. So when the 75, I would have been seven. So how was revisiting it versus initial impressions? As a kid, it, it a lot of bright colors, mm-hmm. a lot of action. As an adult, once again, I appreciate the Brando impression. Oh yeah. The Cagney impression, mm-hmm. the Maltese Falcon, Falcon references. All the little adult references. Yeah. And I appreciated the costuming and the set designs and the character action yes. of the a- actors. They, and... Their office is a rundown detective office. And it looks like a rundown detective yeah. office. It was nice. And they had a lot of nice matte paintings, too. Of, And I think this might have been done on purpose. Where it's it was just a painting of the evil castle. But it worked for this oh, cartoon. Oh, yeah. 100%. For this tell. It, it, it worked that we're not seeing an actual real castle. We're seeing a painting of a castle. Yeah, 100 I it like just zoomed that. in. I didn't give it a second thought. I was like, okay, we're going to that castle now. So exactly. they, they did it well. Forrest Tucker and Larry Storch once again have great chemistry. A little s- sad thing is um, Forrest Tucker was a bit of an alcoholic. Hmm. Okay. So sometimes he might not have been so lucid on on set. Okay. Um, this was when, yeah, this was when he was drinking more and more and more. So I'm I'm curious if like uh, future episodes will have like, you know, he's a professional actor, but you know, it, substances will affect work performance. You can tell by his body, like when he was younger, he was a tall guy. He was like six four, well built. And in here, you can tell that he has, they're trying to cover it up as much as possible, but he has a, like a big pot belly tucked into, he's, he, and he's wearing the skin tight football jersey, which doesn't help him. But you can just tell by the way, mm-hmm. he, like his, his body is just deteriorating because he's drinking yeah. a lot, but it never, from what I gather, it never affected his performances. He was okay. always a professional on set, but. In real life, he was drinking a little too hard, partying a little too hard. And he died at a relatively young age. I think he died at like 68. Okay. I think he died like 10 years from from, from this. Okay, well, um, um, I mean, maybe, you know, we could take that away too. Is like all things in moderation. Well, yeah. It's, it's like he died at 68 and Larry Storch lived to 99. So you never know. Yeah, that's true. You never know. Um, but, I mean, overall, I think that I would... I vote yes on this one. It's it you know it's it's not the most like uh, cinematic amazing thing that you'll see, but it's it's wonderful. It's fun. Set designs are great. Um, just you know, be prepared to like dive in and just have like a little bit of silliness and goofiness, but in an enjoyable way that you can sit back and go. It's corny. Right. It's it's right. very very corny. And if it's if you're too cool for the room, you're not going to like this. But if you're a you know if you're somebody around my age mid fifties you, you're going to remember this I would say I, I would say you're going to have good memories 
if you're even older and you enjoy, and, and if you enjoy the sitcom F Troop, you're going to enjoy this because it's, it's like a, a a very thin continuation of those characters yeah. in a different setting. But yeah, it's fun. It's silly. All 13 episodes are on YouTube right now, so you can watch the entire season in one or two nights if you want to. It's very very silly. It's slapsticky. It's punny. All that stuff that I like. So yeah, if you want to revisit that, check it out. Check out all the episodes. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, Will. Where can we find you? This is a short episode. Like I said, it was only a twenty-two minute, and this is stretching. It's so I was just, I was just going through it. How very close they weren't able to get the name Ghostbusters from this. And I'm a fan of F Troop, so I just thought, you know what, we're just going to, uh, a new year, we're just going to stretch it, we're going to have fun with the Dan Aykroyd podcast, the six degrees of Dan Aykroyd, yes. as you put it. <laughs> so, this is this is one of the episodes outside of the wheelhouse of, of actual Dan Aykroyd projects, but mm-hmm. it has connective tissue in some way. All right, Will, where can we find you? Where can people get in touch with you? Uh, on Instagram, gnome on the go, uh, with a period in between gnome period on period the period go, um, or uh, TikTok bad bald boss, or my email address www.will.com at gmail.com. All right, and that's it. Uh, thank you for indulging us in this silly little offshoot mm-hmm. of a Dan Aykroyd project, and we'll see everybody here next time mm-hmm. on the Dan the Aykroyd Dan podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Yeah, and you put in the report to Zero that we have returned the Maltese monkey to its rightful owner. And that the fat man and the rabbit have been sent away for a nice, long stretch. <laughs> Get that in. Oh, yeah, and we got the fat man's crystal ball, complete with the whole... <laughs> oh? <laughs> this is a bowling ball. What happened to the crystal ball? No wonder Tracy's bowling ball was shattered when we were bowling last night after the trip to the castle. has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.
Ghost Stoppers. Louder! Ghost Blasters. Who you gonna call? Ghost Breakers. Who can you call? Ghost Smashers. 